Uh, this story is entirely fictional. Uh, let me pray for us as we begin. Loving God, you are the Lord of our lives, of all the details and decisions, in the small and large. Uh, engage our imaginations now for your kingdom and your glory. Amen. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Ruth had been following Jesus for decades. She was married and was at the age where many of her peers were going through the joys and trials of parenting teenage children. Ruth and her husband had never had kids themselves. That absence usually felt like a dull ache in Ruth's chest, just below her breastbone. Ruth was open with her husband and some trusted friends about her sadness, and she'd admit that she didn't know why God hadn't given them children. She sensed this was one of life's enigmas, a place in her life where she had to trust God, even though it was hard. Ruth and her husband had been involved at their church for many years. They'd been leading at youth groups since they were a newlywed couple, barely out of high school themselves. And once they'd moved into a home right near the church, they'd invite the older youth and young adults over to their place after youth group on a Friday evening. It was a safe, comfortable space for the young people, and Ruth loved having them there. She'd provide snacks, a listening ear, and even advice if they wanted her input. Over the years, as Ruth grew in her walk with Jesus, she became a beloved mentor and friend to the young men and women. Ruth and her husband were recognized as elders in the church, and Ruth would occasionally preach at the Sunday service. They were still involved with the youth group, acting sort of like youth group parents. Ruth's joints weren't really up to the fast-paced games anymore, but she'd happily sit on the sidelines as a judge or to keep any of the kids company who didn't want to play. Their ministry also often included advising and caring for the youth leaders. One of those youth leaders who'd come through the ranks of youth group was Noah. Noah was studying at university and had become a Christian during high school. A mate of his had dragged him along to youth group and Noah had been so struck by the interest shown in him by the leaders, like Ruth, so struck by their care and patience that he'd kept coming. And eventually the spirit had opened his eyes to see the beauty of Jesus so that he wanted nothing more than to follow him as Lord. Of course, that didn't mean Noah's faith and life were suddenly perfect. He had his fair share of doubts and dark times. And Noah particularly struggled with questions of suffering and why a loving, powerful God would allow so much pain and darkness in the world. This was a personal question as well. Some days, Noah could hardly get out of bed. His body would ache. He'd feel the dark shadow of depression and wonder how he would face the coming day. At those times, he'd often turn to the stories of Jesus in the Gospels, his tears in Gethsemane, his agony in the hours before his death, and he'd feel a strange comfort from knowing that his Saviour had suffered as well. 
Anoa met up with a close group of friends every Thursday morning, and in this group he could share honestly about his doubts and his pain, and know that he'd be listened to and prayed for. As a youth group leader, Noah loved the rough and tumble with the boys he led, and he felt like his week had been made when one of the boys really got God's grace and forgiveness for the first time. Of course, they were often distracted and rowdy, and there were plenty of times he got discouraged. But his co-leader, or Ruth, would helpfully remind him that it wasn't his own efforts that would grow these boys in Christ. It was all God. James chapter 3, verses 14 to 15. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. It was a Wednesday morning, and that evening the youth leadership team had a meeting planned to discuss some changes to youth group. Ruth was getting ready to leave for work when her phone pinged. It was an email from the youth minister containing the agenda for that night's meeting. Ruth felt a, a stir of frustration. It was very last minute to be sending the agenda at, she checked her watch, at 8am, the day of the meeting. She wasn't part of the group that had been discussing the potential changes, a group which included the youth minister and Noah, and so she felt some trepidation about tonight's meeting. She expressed her concerns to her husband as they both walked out the door, and later in the morning he sent her a text message that simply read, trust in the Lord. Uh, it was shorthand for a favourite verse of theirs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Ruth knew she generally did lean on her own understanding. She took a deep breath, resolved to go into tonight's meeting with an open mind and decided to get up and make herself a cup of coffee. Noah's Wednesday morning started in a more leisurely way. He didn't have a tutorial at uni until the afternoon and so he had a late breakfast and spent some time praying and reading the Bible. He was in the book of Proverbs and felt God speaking to him through one verse in particular. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she's more profitable than silver and yields better results than gold. He was starting to think about his plans for after uni and earning potential was a consideration in deciding what career path to follow. He felt challenged to put these words into practice. What would it look like for him to seek God's wisdom rather than trust in financial security? How would it impact on his choice of graduate jobs, where he chose to live, his giving? Well, after spending some time thinking and praying to God, he checked his phone and saw Ruth had replied to the youth minister's email about tonight's meeting. She was looking forward to discussing the changes as a ministry team. Noah paused. He had the impression the changes had already been decided. He didn't think there would be discussion. And this brought a brief moment of discomfort. Perhaps they should have consulted the other leaders first. It hadn't been an intentional snub, but it had felt good to be part of the inner circle, making big, exciting decisions about the future of youth group. 
No, I didn't want to boast, but the youth minister seemed to really value his ideas and input. Anyway, he'd put the whole issue out of his mind for now. Ruth would see the wisdom in the changes, he was sure. James chapter 3, verse 16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. The meeting started with friendly chatter and cake. The youth leadership team were good friends and everyone was eager to hear about the changes. The youth group had been growing in size for several years and so the youth minister explained they had the wonderful problem of not enough space for the number of people coming along. So the decision had been made to move youth group from a Friday night to a Sunday afternoon. This would give them more space on the church premises since other activities also ran on a Friday, no Friday night and they were also planning to change the structure of youth group. So it was more high energy with only a short Bible study time after the talk or perhaps no small group at all some weeks. Noah jumped in and assured the leaders they didn't want to change youth group into just a social gathering with little Bible input. In fact, moving the group to Sunday was intended to align it more closely with church. Noah looked around at the group, pleased with the plan and expectant of praise from the team. But Ruth was horrified. To Ruth, it seemed they were planning to have less of Jesus at youth group. Less time in the Bible, less time for small group fellowship and prayer. Not only that, but moving youth group from Friday evening meant the end of the young adults coming over to her place afterwards. It would all be different with a change of time and day. No more conversation or hospitality. No more opportunities to be there for the young adults when they needed her. She felt bereft. And with growing anger, she realised she'd been totally cut out. In the past, Ruth had always been part of the core decision-making team at Youth Group, but they obviously didn't want her opinions or her experience anymore. She knew that if she put her foot down now, she could disrupt the meeting and stall the changes. Many of the leaders would probably support her since she'd mentored them for years. She considered it. It wasn't fair how they'd made this decision, but was it worth causing division and disorder in the meeting when she was angry. She felt her husband softly squeezing her arm and glancing at him, his eyes said he knew how she felt. She thought back to his earlier text message, trust in the Lord. As the meeting moved on, Ruth leaned over to Noah and asked to speak to him afterwards. Noah thought the meeting had gone well and after they'd cleaned up, he went over to talk to Ruth. Her mouth, which was usually ready with a smile, was set in a hard line. And the words that came out surprised Noah. She wasn't happy with the changes, had serious reservations, thought the leadership team might be losing its way. She was mostly gentle in what she said, but there were some comments that seemed directed to hurt. Noah had been so confident, so proud of their innovation, they were making youth group more relevant and fun, and it made sense logistically. So he wasn't expecting pushback. His ego was hurt. And although some of Ruth's words were not spoken in love, 
In that moment, he couldn't even see the reasonable parts of what she'd said. His mind raced as Ruth waited for a response, and he finally managed to choke out that he'd have to think further about it. Both Ruth and Noah left the meeting that night, frustrated and confused. There'd been thoughtlessness, pride and unkindness on both sides, and each of them felt justified in what they felt and said. This isn't fair. Can't they see my ideas are the most sensible? What about my interests? I'm the one who should be in charge. James chapter 3, verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. After an exchange of text messages, Ruth and Noah decided to meet for coffee on Sunday after church. And each evening for the rest of that week, Ruth could hardly talk about anything else with her husband, going over her frustration and sadness again and again. Her husband counseled patience, and Ruth kept trying to remember to trust God. Meanwhile, Noah had asked his friends on Thursday morning to pray for the situation, that Ruth would come to understand and agree with his position. When one of his mates then prayed for him, Noah was a bit annoyed that he didn't seem to grasp exactly what he wanted prayer for. Instead, he'd asked God to help both Noah and Ruth show grace to one another and be willing to compromise. Well, Sunday came and Ruth and Noah went to a local cafe after church. Ruth ordered a chai latte, Noah a long black and a brownie, Usually they could talk easily to one another about pretty much anything, but this morning it was awkward. A line from a song that had played at church was repeating in Ruth's head, be thou my wisdom, be thou my true word. She asked God to give her his wisdom, to give her words of grace and truth. Although Ruth had been feeling anxious about talking to Noah, the previous night she'd had a vivid dream where she was standing outside and saw sparks of light falling from the sky. It was beautiful and filled her with a sense of calm. She wasn't sure how she knew, but in the dream she was certain this was God speaking to her, telling her he'd give her what she needed. As Ruth sat opposite Noah at the cafe, she saw that her outrage had been partly fed by her own selfishness and envy. She didn't think Noah had behaved perfectly by any means, but she was willing now to listen, to work together to resolve their conflict. Noah had also gone through a change of attitude since the meeting. He'd been convicted by his own reaction to his friend's prayer on Thursday that he might not be dealing wisely with the situation. He realised his heart had been hard towards Ruth's concerns and he'd been so proud of his own leadership that he'd forgotten that Jesus led by serving, by giving up his life. Noah had asserted his own ideas when he should have been generous in listening to others. He'd been offended by Ruth when he should have been willing to give way. As he'd continued reading Proverbs each morning, the sheer repetitiveness of the command to get wisdom had worn him down. 
that morning he'd read from Proverbs chapter 11, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. He looked at Ruth, his friend and mentor of many years, and prepared, prepared himself to hear whatever she said with humility. James chapter 3, verse 18. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. It was still a difficult conversation. There were hurtful words to apologise for, misunderstandings to work out, differences of opinion to explore. It was hard for Ruth to be vulnerable, to share why she was personally sad about youth group changing, because she'd lose a valuable connection with the young adults in showing them hospitality. And Noah struggled with compromising on his great ideas and admitting he might have been wrong about how the decisions were made. But as they talked, prayed, and then talked some more, both Ruth and Noah worked hard to lay down their own ambitions and interests. The wisdom of Christ, a gift from God, infused their conversation. Wisdom that was pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, and without partiality or hypocrisy. As they worked through things in the following weeks, they didn't always display that wisdom flawlessly, but their efforts were pleasing to God as they allowed the spirit to work in each of them. There were compromises and more collaboration with the other leaders. And they came to see that God's wisdom is often quite different to the wisdom of the world. James chapter three, verses 13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness.